Welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast. This episode is brought to you by our incredible partners at Dwell Bible. Uh, they have been the sponsor of this podcast as well as the Good Theology podcast now for a couple of months. And uh, they're offering free trials for pastors, leaders. So you can go to our show notes, click the link in the bio there. And uh, Dwell is just an incredible partner. But even more than that, they have an incredible product, which allows you to listen to scripture different scripture play, uh, playlists, um, and all of that stuff. So uh, click in the show notes and go follow our incredible friends at Dwell Bible. Dean, Mate. what's up, man? Uh, good. I'm out in uh, Rancho Mirage, California. Paradise. Paradise. It is actually Paradise. a little rain yesterday, but uh, and then, yeah, it's just back to 75 and perfect today. Nice. Yeah. Are you uh, going to golf at all while you're there this time? I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to go. Um, we have friends that kind of we go to the tennis with. So in between nice. a bunch of work meetings, I'm going to be uh, going to the tennis semifinal today and working this afternoon and then heading back to L.A. tomorrow. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, well, it's been a crazy week. So normally, so if you're listening to this podcast, uh, we have attempted to get a few weeks ahead on our recording um, just for a whole bunch of different reasons. Ooh. But today's episode, I'm going to like, we're going to get edited and put up tomorrow because cool. I feel like there's a lot of real time stuff that needs to be, you know, yeah. talked about. Yeah. So um, let's chat Silicon Valley Bank. If you have been living under a rock and you're listening today and you don't know what happened, Dean, why don't you just give us like sure. a quick explanation yep. um, of maybe what happened and, and kind of even so on today, Thursday, March 16th, it seems like there's some. It doesn't seem like Silicon Valley Bank is the only bank that's having no, some issues. So maybe no. just give us like a quick, a quick background on what happened. So Silicon Valley Bank, 16th largest bank in the U.S., very prominent in Silicon Valley, uh, obviously, um, and a lot of tech startups um, would put their money with Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank did a bunch of things. Um, they actually had an investment banking side of the business. They had a debt side of the business. And they just took normal checking account deposits like, you know, Wells Fargo or whoever. So um, they they had some complicated instruments that were specifically designed for tech companies, fast, uh, fast growth companies. And so, you know, for the last, I think, 20 years, they were really the go-to bank. And so the crux of what happened was essentially for the last 10 years, um, interest rates have been at zero or one percent. And what happens was the, these banks, especially in 2020, 2021, there was massive amounts of deposits flowing into these banks. Um, it's Silicon Valley, especially the, the VC PE world are raising tons of money, throwing it at companies. Companies didn't know what to do with it. They put it in the bank. Sometimes they took debt facilities against the cash, right? Which allows you to um, not dilute the ownership of the company. So instead of selling equity in the business to grow, you go get debt against cash that you have, and therefore you're not diluting your position in the company. And so a lot of that was going on. And what Silicon Valley Bank did was they acquired a bunch of treasury bills that were going to very safely return, you know, one, one and a half, two percent over 10 years. Okay. 
Fast forward. Really, the, the safest the safest at the time, one of the safest investments you can make. Until really. interest rates go to 7%. And those 1.5% bonds are now um, worth less because why would I buy a 1.5% bond when I can go and buy a 5% bond? And so what happened was is because the economy tanked a bit, the depositors, i.e. tech com- companies, started withdrawing cash. And as they withdrew cash, SVB had to go and replenish that because there's all these rules around. This is because of the Dodd-Frank bill back in the 08 or 09. There's all these rules around how much cash you've got to have on hand against for the depositors. So as people drew cash out, they're like, man, we got to sell some of these securities, but we're selling them at a time where they're like, they literally sold them at a 20% discount. This then triggered like a couple of prominent Silicon Valley guys to go, we don't think SVB is safe. Then last between last Thursday and Friday, forty-two billion gets withdrawn, and then, as we know now, the FDIC pulls and in and pulls the plug and shuts the whole thing down. And and that's because a VC or an investor reaches out to all their portfolio Correct. companies, and then it just starts to cascade. Yeah, um, which makes sense, right? I mean, there's and and this thing has been talked about till we're blue in the face. But if you're a startup founder, there's been a lot of talk about like loyalty to Silicon Valley Bank. And mm-hmm. the reality is, is that you can't fault anybody, at least that's my thought for going, wait a minute, I got to get my money out of right. here. Because- well, there's a rub, right? Like, so there's two arguments here. One is because eventually by Sunday night, the government came and said, we're going to backstop all depositors. I actually think that was the right thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. The shareholders, the bondholders, the executives all wiped out. So the bank was not bailed out. Anyone who had kind of ran the bank to this point to this, you know, point of a loss is pretty much career is over and, and there's predictions of litigation for many years to come around, mm-hmm. you know, how these guys mm-hmm. ran the bank. That aside, um, I believe it was correct. Like if you're a, think you're a small business, forget it's tech for a second. Let's say you've got a small business and you're a plumbing business and you're buying trucks and you're expanding your business and you're going to get a business loan, but then you also put your, you know, you run your business through a Wells Fargo checking account and that goes under which it wouldn't, that's another thing to talk about, the big four banks. Like, it's not my fault as a depositor in good faith running my business. And then all of a sudden, because of things way beyond my control, I, I you know, I have my account shut down and anything over 250K is, you know, is gone. So there was all these companies that weren't going to be able to make payroll this week if this didn't happen. It would have been some kind of contagion event would have just kept dominoing right through this as it is a little bit in different ways this week, but uh, that's essentially what happened. And, you know, like the system is broken a bit when this happens. Um, I, I think the, you know, you can go back to the root cause of this. The root cause of this is that we printed $3 trillion over the last three years, flushed that money through the system. It started inflating prices. And the only antidote to that is to raise interest rates. And they rose the quickest time ever in the history of the country Went from one percent, you know. I think mortgages kind of topped out at seven and a half. They just come back down a little bit. But when you slam the brakes that hard on on an economy that Mm -hmm. is in some pockets kind of still roaring, you create this situation where this was an unintended consequence, but nevertheless a consequence because Mm -hmm. honestly, of a poorly managed economy, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the big questions was there was a lot of people basically just you know cheering for none of these people to get their money yeah 
you know, like there was this weird reaction. There was a tweet I saw um, that said uh, this. I, actually, I thought it was really good. Um, it says, I honestly can't believe how many people are so filled with hate for the U.S. tech sector, despite using its products and services every day. Totally. They'd rather see tens of thousands of people go unpaid than see the SVB failure resolved. Um, and I, I think my thing was, is like, if if you think that we're now supposed to expect every startup founder, any business owner to understand the complexities of what their bank is investing right. in we're done yeah, correct. it's game over for, yeah. for anyone is that right well what happens is is you play that out right so it's these regional smaller banks you know that cater to niche kind of customers if if there's not confidence in those banks then the only option is to go to a big four right uh, wells fargo bank of america jp morgan and then the jp morgan pub you know uh, kind of consumer side chase if that's the case, like Bank of America got fifteen billion in deposits on Friday, because people people right. moved them out of SVB, right? So if we want to put every all the money in four banks, which by the way today are too big to fail, like if something happened and it started hitting Wells Fargo, for instance, where I happen to keep mm -hmm. my money personally and, and business, same, um, same. You, I mean that that wipes out everything. So the mm -hmm. government would step in. So. It's like, well, the government stepped on him and helped the depositors of SVB, but they'd also step in and protect the depositors of Wells Fargo and Bank of America. They're just too big to fail is the term that everyone hates to use, but it's a fact. And so, mm -hmm. you know, you can be, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a less regulations guy. I'm get the government out of things guy, all of that, all the time. But when you have these institutions that are so like tentacles going all through the economy right. and you can go and right. blow it up and unravel it. And it could take us, I mean, the great depression, there was, there was five or 600 banks closing a year in the twenties because no one had faith in the banking system. And then that's where FDIC started. And obviously, you know, it was at hundred K for many years and now 250. That system needs to be looked at because it's not adequate in today's, you know, world. But if you want to go through 10 years of bank closures and a great depression, yeah, let the whole thing fall over but because that's what will happen. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, mm -hmm. everyone's like, oh, we don't want to do that. So let's shore up the depositors, try and calm the markets, which has happened. And uh, hopefully this little, there's other banks, you know, First Republic's trying to get sold today. Credit Suisse just, you know, kind of collapsed got yesterday. But yeah. then they got another 50 yeah. billion line of credit today. So look, it this all sounds like if you're not in this world, and I'm not deeply in this world, but if but I'm close to it. If you don't understand it, you just think there's a bunch of rich people getting money because they kind of didn't run their business well. Some of that's true. A lot of it is actually just to prop up the economy so you don't have a 10-year depression. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. Right. Yeah. Should um, Do you think a startup founder – now, again, I think – if you have if you have less than two hundred fifty grand, fine. you're covered. You're fine. But that's no one. Where, where that was know? like ten percent of SVB clients. Like exactly. you're in a you go and raise five million. You know, in a in a seed round today, there's five. You put that in the bank. What are you supposed to do? Put that in, you know, like twenty different banks to stay under the two fifty rule. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just not practical. You know, like yeah. Roku had five hundred million in SVB, and there's a lot of criticism. Like, why did the CFO not spread that around? Okay. Maybe he put 50 here, 50 there, 100 there, but it's still under the 250. He's never getting exactly. under it. Right? right. And then you can put it in securities yeah. and buy bonds with it. But, you know, companies need, you've got to tie that money up, three, six, 12, 10-year money, mm -hmm. right? And it's mm -hmm. one of the things I don't understand, honestly, is why SVB did 10-year treasuries. 
Right. You know, that, that was a little mystery to me. I, no one's answered that question yet. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd like to ask that to someone who was smart. Because the rate of return on two years and one years in the last little bit, I guess this is money from like three or five years ago. And they kind of just have to lock it up and to get mm-hmm. some kind of return on it for investors. But mm-hmm. man, putting money away for 10 years and then, you know, it's worth one and a half percent. And now I can go and buy the same bit of paper mm-hmm. for four and a half. Mm-hmm. Why would I buy a piece of paper getting me one and a half when I can go buy a piece of paper getting me four and a half? And so that's why they just sell those one and a half percent bonds down the discount, which kind of mm-hmm. created the whole thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Such a crazy, I mean, I've, you know, it's, I mean, I saw story after story of startup founder on Twitter going, yeah. I have 30 employees. Yep. I'm not going to be able to make totally. payroll. This idea that it was just all a bunch of rich tech founders driving around and $200,000. This cars. is small like, tech. That, that was a poor, yeah, this is small. This tech, is right? not Google, Facebook, Apple. This is small tech. And mm-hmm. you know, like, you know what the byproduct of, of tech is? The byproduct of tech is for all the bad things it produces, it produces some awesome things. Think about the medicine. Think about the biotech. Think about the technology that's making mm-hmm. our lives better. That all comes from risky, risk-taking founders that are, you know, for better or worse, are connected to, you know, the Bay Area and Silicon Valley and that part of the world. It's an innovation hotspot. And just just step back a minute and and if, before you hate on tech, and and like maybe go and give all your tech up, you know, for a month and see how you go. You won't do it. You won't even last a day mm-hmm. without the tech that comes out of Silicon mm-hmm. Valley. Right. So, you know, it's like, and look, there was some stuff SVB did that I don't agree with. They gave money to BLM and they got super woke. Like that's, you know, that's, that's going to be another discussion. I don't think companies should be doing those kind of things, but you know, it's, uh, the guys at the top paid, their careers are smashed. Their, Mm -hmm. their, uh, wealth is, is is gone because their wealth was connected to the bank with the stock that they had. And so they're going to pay the price. Let's let, the small innovating entrepreneurs keep going because ultimately in the next 10 years, there's going to be things that come out of this set of companies, this cohort of companies that got, you know, bailed out from their depositors. Mm -hmm. They're going to create a lot of great products in the next 10 years. Let's, let's come back in 10 years and see what came good as a result of backing up these deposits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Um, Okay, so I have a business idea Uh-oh. for you. It's it's not really a business idea. It's a it's a tool. It's a okay. you know, it's it's a it's an experiment. Yeah. But um so obviously I live in this media world and so I you know, this sort of like world of the creator right now is is still sure. growing even in the midst of a of a bad economy. Um so I've been I get all these ads and emails uh, uh, for these AI tools mm-hmm. that allow you to most of them started as more in a B2B space. You could upload a lecture, you could upload a presentation, mm-hmm. and it would use AI to cut that into chapters. Um, even in some cases, give a subtitle, sure. give the description. Um, there's now probably in the last eight to 10 months, been a few companies come out that are doing this for things like podcasts, YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And so what they claim to do is, hey, you can upload the video. Uh, and I've played with some of them. They're pretty mm-hmm. clunky. Uh, some of them are okay. They're getting better. GPT four just um, came out yesterday. Can... Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and and so now this there's this like AI gold rush, right. and I think the last couple episodes of the All In podcast talk really in depth about where they think builders need to be positioned and the different kind of companies that can be built around mm-hmm. this and and all that kind of stuff. Um, so my idea is not anything new that hasn't been done, but I think it's something that could serve a niche. 
really, really well. So, and by the way, this is coming from someone who know, has no understanding in a lot of this AI stuff. But what I do understand is content and the problems that a lot of these creators are facing with content. So um, I played with this tool. You can upload a 60 second video. It will use AI to cut the video into reels and shorts and, yep. and all this kind of stuff. It'll throw captions. Something a human so would have done. I, Something a human would have done at, um, and Taylor Ransom, who's listening, who cuts our clips, I promise you, <laughs> you'll still have a job. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, get rid of you. I love you. But we pay a significant amount of money right. for that. And it's, it's, a, it's something you have to do if you're building a media company, whether yep. on your own or on a, on a grand scale. So here's what I thought. Uh, I got the domain clipmysermon.com. <laughs> And he's and trying to sell me a business my, and clip my pod.com. Yeah. And I thought how most of these companies are not building the AI on right. their own. They're essentially having someone right. pull in a few different APIs. Right. And so I thought, what if we could spin up a tool quickly? Yep. And I, I've had a few conversations in the last few days um, that would essentially allow a pastor or a podcaster to simply do this. So it's not, a uh, new product. Right. It's not something that hasn't been done before, but it would serve a niche. niche. So I basically um, upload my file, my YouTube video of my sermon. Yep. And it, and I somehow have connected it to all my socials in the back. No, you, it would just be a, it would be its own platform. You connect. Okay. To, so you, you know, you, you upload it and it clips everything. Um, it clips everything to whatever parameters I want to give yeah. it. So whether that's the vertical, you know, Instagram, TikTok, right. whether it's just, 30 hey, I cut this, 45 minute thing and um you know there are different ai tools like you can bring ones together that will show you like what the description of the video right. should be the ai can literally be trained to pull out the most significant yep. portions right. of it and with the right apis uh i actually think that it could you could train the ai model to pull out specific because one of the big things about preachers and pastors and theologians is they don't like to be clipped because they don't want half of an idea right to be put up right, right? right so what if you could make sure that it understood how to yeah. uh, do it at the right moment theologically yeah exactly mm -hmm. um so i say that as it's just a basic idea i've talked to a few different people on what they think something like this would cost i've gotten some, one person said oh this would cost 300 grand just to get something like no this up and going somebody else said this could be done for probably nothing right. if you found the right person that knew how to interact with right. the with the the ai right. Um, so my thought is, is you do this and you specifically go after pastors and church leaders, you charge them a monthly fee, yep. um, and, uh, and then for podcasters yep. and you essentially train each model to know exactly what the output mm -hmm. is. The problem with a lot of the current companies doing this is it's too broad. Right. So, uh, they're serving companies that do training videos, corporate videos. Right. Oh, also social. Um, what do you think? I mean, I love the niche of. You know, obviously, I know that niche uh, pretty well, um, and yeah, I, I think if you could, like, it's not worth spending three hundred k on. Um, but if you think about, if you could make it really simple, it's kind of an enterprise product. It's a bigger church play, but uh, plenty of opportunity there. And essentially, it's a service that does it all for me. And then, you know, like if it could. It's a good post, like mm. automate. Like if it could do the the proper cuts, 
put the captions on and put it in my Instagram account. Like that would be, that's, that's pretty over. cool. <laughs> and, and I could schedule it to do it every like two hours to do a new clip. <laughs> so I'm like, it's, yeah, right. it's like, boom, it's from creation to content marketing engine. Yeah. Um, like, you know, so that might be V2 version one. Mm-hmm. It just served me back all the clips and then I go and put them everywhere I want. Right. But yep. I'm pretty sure there's APIs into Twitter, Facebook, you know, all of them, Insta. And, you know, I, th- I think you could do that. Uh, we have a product that allows you to schedule your social media. So, so we have a media product that we do graphics to Easter service, for instance, mm-hmm. right? And, we, and we, you create a post, right? And it's going to go out on Friday, you know, at 9 a.m. We, we, we do that today, but we don't. Can do yeah, that. and we do it with video, but this is like plugging your engine into something like that mm-hmm. that then allows mm-hmm. the user to basically have their accounts all preset up and the clips just roll in and out mm-hmm. they go. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. that's probably worth 20 bucks a month to someone. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think the tool that I, the, the, the one tool that I've actually paid to use to experiment with it, I think there was a $19 a month plan, a a month plan and then a $99 a month plan. The $99 a month plan let you import your own fonts and logos and, you know, the whole thing. Um, Okay. Well, I just wanted to, to me, that was like a niche that, first of all, it started because it's a problem that we've been trying to figure out. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So that's what made me start thinking about it. There's a few different people trying to do Mm -hmm. this that I've played with that I haven't found to be super compelling. And then I think for, yeah, so that was kind of what got me thinking down. Interesting. Down I love road. it. Dude. So we can, we can yeah, chat let's more. T- let's chat more. Um, okay. Uh, if you're listening to this and you know how to develop AI. Yeah, give us a hit. Uh, hit up. Reach yep. out to us. If you're listening to this and uh, Clip My Teaching comes out in three weeks, <laughs> uh, we'll find you. And I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So I got to tell you this story about how I almost got scammed out of a significant Ooh. amount of money. Um. And as I start to tell you this story, it's going to make sense mm-hmm. to you, I think. Um, and disclaimer off the front, um, I'm going to keep the details around this generic mm-hmm. enough as to be charitable to okay. the people involved. Okay. So last year in November, I get invited to this retreat in Colorado that is uh, – a really exclusive like it was one of those things where when they hit me up and asked me to go i was like oh wow i've heard of this Mm -hmm. thing um i can't believe i'm invited to go you know and there's a lot of people that i know from a bunch of different areas of life that have been connected to this so it's legit the people that run it is legit so disclaimer up front these people are incredible so it's not about them right it's not about them um so i go to this thing and um it's just a gathering of leaders pastors business people younger people um and uh so while i'm there i meet this guy who is putting together basically what he does is he puts together these trips these like leadership trips golf mm-hmm. trips uh all kinds right. of stuff and at the time he was chatting about it, two or three different trips he was putting together one of them was a golf mm-hmm. trip okay to scotland mm-hmm. do, do you remember this i actually think i maybe told yeah, you about this that i got invited to go on on this trip so like when I see the people that I'm having this conversation with the people I've known, I've known for a long time, right. I trust. Right. So we're sitting there talking to this guy and he's like, yeah, I'm putting together this trip. It's this amount of money. Um, it's going to be in March. 
and uh, it's going to be like eight or nine dudes. And then I'm going to bring a couple of like wise sage guys and we're going to go to Scotland <laughs> and all expensive paid. We're going to play St. Andrews, whatever. And uh, he'd also been doing a couple other trips. And so me and the guys I was with are like, dude, this sounds amazing. And, and I'm like, I just found out I was having another kid and I'm going, man, like I'm texting my wife. She's like, do it. You never do anything mm-hmm. like this. Like, you know, this would be good for you personally. It'd be good for business. It'll be fun. So I send the guy a deposit via Venmo as does six of the other dudes that were there with, right? So this is around Thanksgiving, and a month goes by, and I'm on a group chat with all these people Mm. talking about this trip. Mm. And I I just, one day, I was like, you know, the economy had turned even worse. I'm, like, thinking again. Like, I just, you know, as fun as this would be. Should I be doing this now? Yeah, this isn't the right time. Uh, our, the Theo, it was actually, I found that it was going to be just after the Theos U mm-hmm. conference, which we're at yeah. next week. And right after our vision builders, it was just like, I can't, it just, none of it, all of a sudden, none of it worked out. So I hit this guy up and say, hey man, listen, I'm really sorry to do this. I, I double booked, I can't go. Um, I understand if you can't send me my full right. refund, but what right. can you do? And he hits me back like, oh, totally no worries. I can send you back the full refund. Give me a few weeks to sort it all out. This is around okay. Christmas. So without getting too far into the details of the back and forth over the last few months, this dude has completely disappeared. Yeah, wow. Completely disappeared. He's disappeared on all the people that have sent him money for this Ooh. trip. Not only that, but there are, I mean, this thing spreads to probably 10 or 15 different people who he owes significant amounts of money to. We, we put together that we think this guy could owe $200,000 wow. to people. And this guy has completely gone. disappeared, completely gone. Wow. And without getting into all the details and all the back and forth, um, there's now a group of us that for the last two weeks on have the been on the hunt and um, absolutely crazy. So thankfully Wells Fargo, amazing yep. bank that I also do my personal and business banking with, uh, um, has completely refunded wow. me. So I'm not, t- thank God I'm not, I'm not out any money. Um, and has said that the Venmo account that this fraud claim was associated with has quite a few really with, with them as well. Come to find out this guy a few years ago had a business that he skipped out on paying like 25 or 30 contractors mm. on that have now filed a class action lawsuit against this person. Mm. So, mm. um, isn't it that is crazy? crazy. Isn't that absolutely insane? <clears throat> Nothing like this has ever happened. I to mean, me. not and, when you uh, have like that. Thankfully, I got my money back. Well, that's great. Um, lots of people don't. Um, but like these people that pray, like was he, uh, like this was a Christian event? Yes. Right? So he's, just think about what he's doing. He's coming to a Christian event. Somehow he gets an invite. He's got some kind of reputation that he's faked. And then he's, and he's like literally faking his Christianity. To go and mm-hmm. make a couple of hundred grand. I mean, talk about like the wages of sin is death, dude. I wouldn't want to be that guy. I know. He's going to get lightning mm-hmm. bolts, you know, coming down. I know. So, like, so we'll hand him over to Satan and, uh, exactly. and, and he, he'll be dealt with <laughs> at some point. Um, and it just, it's got to be alert at all times, right? The Bible crazy? says you've got to be alert at all times, not just the scans, yeah. but just, you just got to be alert because you just, mm-hmm. The devil just throws stuff at you. Um, yep. And I don't, it's crazy. Man. 
And I don't know what the lesson is. I, if you're listening, just don't be an idiot like me. But I will say, I will say, I kind of always had a right. weird feeling yeah, from the beginning. Yeah. Right. I was like, something, something is Jordan. not, you know, but at the same time, in because of the company of people, right. you just take it for granted, which is probably why they did it too. You know, exactly. You're like, oh, this is just how kind of a classic works, scam, right? Like, right? You use the one endorsement mm-hmm. of one person to mix with another one. And then you got 10 endorsements and everyone's those they're all standing around going, this is all cool. Yeah. And like some guys got in and spun this thing up, you know, this seed of this deceit and uh, done that. Like, you know, in what usually happens is they get found out, they get, they go to jail. So that's what will happen to this guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Godspeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's my that's my story. I, I literally remember telling you about this trip. You totally. Remember when I was like, I think I'm gonna go on this totally. trip. I'm going on one. Like, uh, like these, these things are yeah. not unusual, you know. And mine's for a, mine's yeah, a charitable exactly. thing. They're raising money. Very mm-hmm. reputable. Done it before. All you know, hunky dory. But you know, yeah, just the like we get. We have. I have five people that full time work for fraud in entirely. I literally, yeah. like, we're trying to keep out fake mm-hmm. churches and. Credit card testing and the links mm-hmm. that people go to to create a fake account. Yeah, they're they're photoshopping like bank statements. It's insane, and we get them. We get yep. them all, but um, and we hand them over to the FBI. And you know, it's just but like, mm-hmm. there's just evil people out there, man. So got to keep your guard up. It's it's wild. Be careful, yeah, everybody. Absolutely. Uh, the grift, the grift, the grift, grift is real and never goes away. <laughs> um, amazing. Well, Dean. Once again, Absolutely. thank you. Always fun. Um, if you're listening now, follow us on our new YouTube channel, which we haven't really promoted really? much, but we got a new YouTube channel at Kings and Priests Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, sign up for the newsletter, um, and uh, we will see you right back here.